Hi, I'm Shay, and welcome to Kombucha and Color. Kombucha and Color is a weekly podcast hosted by me, Shay Dyer, a yoga teacher and creative graphic designer, and Anna Marsh, a functional medicine practitioner and women's health coach with a love of all things health and fitness. This podcast is here to inspire women to embrace health and live life bright. You can find more about me, Shay, at shaydyer.com. You can find out more about me, Anna, at annamarshnutrition.co.uk. And each week we will be bringing you inspiring content for a healthier and happier mind, body, heart, and soul. Ever since I was a child, I wanted to study the power that food can have on our health. When I started practicing as a nutritional therapist a decade ago, I realized that what is just as important is the relationship that we have with food. This is very often a mirror for the relationship we have with ourself. Through my own personal journey and health challenges, I was forced to dig deeper and understand things that go beyond just our physical bodies. I learned the importance of working with the whole person to create a balanced body, mind, heart, and soul. I'm now passionate about using my diverse toolbox to help women slow down, take better care of themselves, and ultimately cultivate a life which is a reflection of self-love. If you feel like this is speaking to you, I created a 43-page guide, Nine Steps to Love, Nourish, and Connect with Your Body, to create an energized life with a happy heart and soul. You can download it for free and join my Grounded Goddess community for even more inspiration by visiting groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps. That's groundedgoddess.co.uk forward slash nine, the number, hyphen steps, S-T-E-P-S. I'm looking forward to seeing you in the community. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Kombucha and Color, or if you've joined us for the first time, welcome. My name's Shay, and I have, as always, with me, Anna. First up, I just have to pre-frame this with saying that we're not in our usual, I'm not in my usual setup at the moment. My husband's working from home, and he's got my um, computer, so if there is a difference in sound quality that you can hear on my end, um, apologies for that, but I'm sure that most of you can maybe relate to things being thrown on their head and upside down because we are in the midst of coronavirus self-isolation, and that is kind of the topic that we want to dive into today. It's a very hot topic as it is right now. Many of us are in self-isolation. I have been now self-isolating for five days. No, this is my seventh day, excuse me. The days all seem like a blur. That's why I'm getting it all mixed up. But I went into self-isolation on Friday after it was um, relayed to me by one of the people that was in my course on that I saw on Tuesday. She messaged the group and said that she had come into contact with someone who tested positive on Thursday. So since Friday, when I found this information out, um, I just messaged all my studios um, and just said for a precautionary measure, I need to be just not infecting anybody, even if I may be carrying it. I don't have any symptoms apart from just having a a stuffy nose and really feeling blocked up and an unusual amount of nasal congestion for me. Definitely not normal and definitely nothing that I've experienced like this ever before, but nothing serious and just as a precaution to self-isolate. So we're on day seven now of isolation and we wanted to just share some of our thoughts and feelings, takeaways that you can use to help keep yourself healthy, keep your immunity up. 
um, keep your spirits up and just a little bit of where we're feeling right now. Um, I think many of us are feeling the same thing. So perhaps this, this episode will give you a little bit of that community and solidarity with other people who are moving through something that's similar to what you might be experiencing. It's such an interesting time right now. And it's also just been interesting for me to watch and observe my own reactions, responses, and judgments to everything that's been happening since this all started to kick off. And I think I was probably like many people in the beginning when people started buying all the toilet paper and starting to stock up on food. And in the beginning, I think I was also being quite judgmental and thinking, oh, this is just a media hype. They're blowing it out of proportion. It's, it's, it's nothing that's too important. Thinking very, very much about myself, like I'm fine, I'm healthy. It's not something that will affect me personally. But now I think a lot has changed in the past few weeks as everything has begun to unravel. And I think that the biggest thing is in not it's not necessarily so much the personal concern for health, but I think it's now seeing that bigger picture, seeing the impact this is having on the the bigger communities, you know, the impact it will have on the healthcare system and how we're all responsible for looking after each other and how we also need to think about the other people in our communities and the small businesses, the economic impact, the people who are really going to struggle as a consequence of everything that's happened. And I think there's just so, so many different moving parts and it it can feel quite overwhelming at times. I personally feel like I'm still still quite calm in terms of my unique situation, but feeling a lot for other people who are maybe more at risk, whether that is, you know, from a health perspective or, you know, from a financial perspective as well. Yeah, it's definitely there. Those two pieces that you mentioned is there's the personal self, and then there's the systemic model, which is the thing that really is coming into you know. For and I speak for you and I, and we are both in very privileged positions in terms of we're not in a high risk group, we're not in a vulnerable sector of the population, so we do have that privilege of being able to say it's not going to personally affect us in the same way that it might impact or affect somebody else. But yes, there is this broader systemic thing that is going to crumble under this and what can what systems are in place that are not working and I think something like this if you look at it from that macro perspective of like taking the broad picture like this has come at a time where it needs things are being shaken up like things are changing things are shifting and it's pulling into the spotlight all these systems that are perhaps not optimized or not functioning properly or there needs to be a change and like there's if you think about things that have been happening in Italy and China and people now have been sharing these beautiful pictures of canals that are completely now clear. And like there's been this amazing reclaiming of the environment in these certain parts of the world that have been able to slow down, that have stopped production, that have like slowed down completely, which is possibly not sustainable over the long period of time because people need to be able to come back into the you know the working force and all of that but it's been very interesting and, I, and I've shared I've shared probably possibly quite an unpopular opinion or controversial opinion on a blog post that I shared recently you can go and take a look at that on my um, Shea Dyer website but it's this idea that of course we want to care and we want to care for the people that are around us and I and I am a deeply caring person and it's why I do the work that I do because of that love and care and support that I have for people 
but also on a macro factual level is that this virus is not attacking the healthy workforce. It's not attacking babies. It's not attacking children. It's not attacking young, fit, healthy adults. It's attacking those people who are more vulnerable, who are the elderly group, who are already in that quote unquote, the weaker section of society. And things like this natural disasters have been going on since time began as a way to strengthen the herd, as a way to this is a terrible kind of concept, but it's a way to kind of strip back the parts of the herd that are um, that are weaker. And it, it, it is just a factual thing. It's what happens in nature. You know, the analogy that I used on the blog post was if you think of a herd of zebra that are being chased by a lion, when a lion attacks, it's going to go for the weakest parts of the zebra or the zebra herd, you know, and it attacks that that one zebra that's that's lagging behind. And in doing so, the herd of zebra is then strengthened so that perhaps in the next time they as a herd are being able to move away from that attack. So what's happening now in society in general is that this complete lockdown of uh, where it's impacting the people who are not necessarily going to have fatalities from this is that they're slowing down their work, they're slowing down their production, everything is coming to a grinding halt. And the analogy is, is that we as a herd are kind of creating a circle around the weak and vulnerable zebra so that it doesn't um, attack or doesn't take as many lives as as it will if, it, if we didn't, if we didn't stop and slow down. So it's, that's a very unnatural thing for us to, from a nature perspective, from an uh, evolution perspective, it's a very unnatural thing for us to do. But from an emotional perspective and from a human caring perspective, it's a very beautiful thing for us to do because that is essentially what we're doing. It's like the herd of zebra gathering around the one weak one to protect it from a lion, which that doesn't happen in nature, right? It doesn't, it doesn't happen at all, but because we're humans, we've got this next layer of how can we help? How can we care? This is what's happening. But part of me also wonders like what would happen or perhaps there would be massive benefits to the world at large, the population, the planet, the globe, like there's so much that would benefit from just letting this sweep through as it would sweep through. But that's a very callous perhaps way of looking at it but it is just a fact of nature way of looking at it. And that's like a very natural selection perspective of it. So yeah, not a very popular opinion. I don't think, and especially in the yoga community where everything is love and light and care and compassion. And I 100% I'm in that camp as well, but I think there's also like an, and also perspective, like there's a global perspective of this. And then there's like this, this human to human connection perspective, which is also just as important. Yeah. I think that, you know, I was going to say on the flip side of your, you know, that perspective, I, I don't want to say argument because it's not an argument, but is that we know that disconnection is an epidemic in itself. So being disconnected from ourselves, something we talk about all the time on this podcast. And, and when we're disconnected from ourselves, we also then less connected to our fellow human beings as a whole, because we, we have to find that connection internally to mirror it externally. And one of the things that I've been working on so much over the past year is this idea of trust and trusting that, um, that I'm going to be okay. And also the trusting that there is a greater plan that the universe has a plan. And with everything that's happening, what I'm definitely noticing is there is a greater connection that we have to each other. It's building a greater connection that we maybe had before, maybe connections that we have been losing through 
just the way that the world has been evolving up until this point. So yes, this could be an opportunity for nature to, you know, an opportunity for natural selection and also can be an opportunity for us to come back to some of the principles like the love and light principles that, you know, yes, in the yoga community, we're very much attuned to those, but the world as a whole, maybe not so much. And to almost, I don't want to say like mass awakening, but I do want to say mass awakening is that this is maybe also just an opportunity for some massive growth and for people to become more deeper connected, for people to learn some lessons and there can be a positive outcome from all of that as a result. Mm. I definitely have felt over the last while like there's a sense of community, even though there's less physical contact and less physical face-to-face with connection with people. But definitely like there's been groups on WhatsApp um, that have popped up, that have reawakened, that have found that connection, groups within Facebook groups, groups online, like just local community, people offering to help, which is, it's, it's amazing. And it's a really, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to be part of this movement of being able to spread a little bit of help, to spread a little bit of support, like to really allow people to, uh, to receive each other. It's like, it is a really beautiful thing. Yeah. I had a friend who was actually um, chatting with me yesterday and she's like, this is in South Africa and in South Africa, I think it's a little bit sort of quote unquote behind on the uptake of their cases at present. But many of her yoga studios have been, no, don't let the fear overtake you. Like we are all like positive and stay high vibe and everything, which is a little bit of what she was saying. It's like, it's a little bit of that spiritual bypassing. It's like, there is action that needs to be taken. Like if you're a studio owner and like it's part of your responsibility to make sure and maintain that things are safe for the people around you, that you are doing what you can to self-isolate, that you are closing what needs to be closed. Like, yeah, there's a lot of that. But then I also, there is a lot of this like media. I said to Warren the other day, like what would, what would it look like if the media hadn't gotten involved with this at all? And hundred, 200 years back, we would have perhaps had this sweep through the country, sweep through the world, and people who were f- didn't get any symptoms would have just gone about their usual day as usual. People who did get symptoms, maybe they would go into hospitals, it would kind of cripple the healthcare system perhaps, but then that would incite change because there would need to be action to, to make sure that that doesn't happen again or to create better structures in future. And then, yes, there would be a vulnerable section of the population that would not survive, which is part of perhaps the sweep that is this natural selection process. So just a very interesting thing, like what would this have looked like 200 years ago without the internet, without social media? Um, Would we be in the same state of anxiety? Would we still, would we be able to go outside and buy toilet paper? Probably because we wouldn't have this suddenly like, oh my gosh, this is affecting everybody. We all need to be in lockdown. It's this huge, big epidemic, which it's been Mm. classed by the media because the media have classed it like that or, you know, I don't know. And I'm just thinking about what you're saying about the media. There's so many people who are sharing articles, sharing posts, sharing things relating to, you know, an update or perspective on everything that's going on. And I've really felt it. I don't know about you, Shay. You know, I spend a lot of time on Facebook because that's just part of um, the work that I do. And I've really 
yesterday morning, I was, I kind of feel like I'm addicted, but I'm also not wanting to be addicted at the same time. So I keep on like scrolling through everything going, this is not good for me. This is not good for me, but I can't take my eyes off it as well. And yesterday morning, I really felt this like fear and anxiety. It was the first time I really started to feel it. And I was just very conscious that like, okay, this is just me absorbing all of this emotion that's coming through this stream of media, but it's so powerful. And imagine if we could use the power of social media if everybody was posting positive things or uplifting stories or you know stories of support and stories with reflected and empowered mindsets not to say you know we spiritually bypass and we're just like happy 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 but sharing perspectives on like how we can support each other how we can use this time creatively how we can use this time to see possibilities we couldn't see before if that was the message that was coming through and everybody was posting and sharing about that the collective feeling would also be so different Mm. Um, something that you mentioned there, which like uh, actually actually two things, but the first thing is that this piece of creativity, this is something that I've been teaching for like years and years. Like it's so important to flex that creative muscle. And like what I've been seeing now over and over, like the studios that I work for, the people that I work for, the companies that I've seen, there's suddenly now this uptick of creative resourcefulness that people have to access. And if I think about yoga studios, like everybody's going online and everyone's trying to live stream and there's all these different opportunities and things that are popping up. And it's that's people tapping into their creative resourcefulness, which is something that if you are not flexing that creative muscle within your body using like basic skills of whatever, whatever it looks like to you, cooking, baking, creative, art journaling, scrapbooking, whatever it is. But that primes your body and your brain ready to take action when it is necessary in times like this, where you have to become creative, you have to become resourceful, you have to build resilience. And this is what perhaps I feel this this coronavirus is here to teach us, is that resiliency to be able to withstand this, to come together, to feel that sense of community, to feel that sense of support um, so that we can build a stronger tribe within us. So, yeah. And then something that you mentioned earlier about these lessons or these learnings from coronavirus, what is something that you have learned over this time? Gosh, you just actually completely throw me on the spot now. And so, um, I, you know, so this is, I, I don't know if this is actually answering your question, but this is just something that I feel called to share is that for me, I feel like 2019 was the dress rehearsal for 2020. So 2019 has brought me a lot of challenge in terms of the changes in my health. And it, it because of those changes in my health, I felt like I had financial scarcity. I had social distancing and social isolation, obviously not like we have it now, but aspects of that not being able to go out and live life as I had lived it before. Uncertainty about the future, making it difficult to make plans, making it difficult to have things to look forward to, changes in the way that I was doing things, you know, like lots of letting go of attachments and conditioning about my belief in terms of the way that things should be. So I felt like 2019, I've been working through all of that and, you know, the emotional roller coaster that comes with it. And I think that that is one of the reasons why I've felt so calm since everything started happening. 
um, the past couple of weeks, I was actually saying before we started recording, I haven't been feeling that well. And I've just been feeling very, very tired. And as a consequence, I've spent so much time in stillness, so much time lying on the floor, making various shapes <laughs> with my body. And, and, um, and I just remember lying on the floor thinking, if I'm not better yet, it must be for a reason. And who knows, but I almost feel like that has been preparing me because I feel very centered and I feel very grounded. And I feel also in a very strong position to hold space for others who aren't feeling that way right now. In my Grounded Goddess um, group program, which I'm running at the moment, you know, people are anxious. Um, this is impacting them. I'm going to be running a online yin yoga class on Friday night just to help people recenter and find some calm. So my learning from all of this is that everything that has happened, I can see maybe a little bit more meaning in everything that has happened up until this point, because I feel actually very well prepared to deal with the uncertainty because I've been re rehearsing for the past year. Each week we get incredible feedback about our episodes of Kombucha and Color. We know our show is touching, inspiring, and helping hundreds of women, and we would like to reach even more. Can you help? You can help other women find the inspiration that you have found if you head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. If you screenshot your review and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna, Shay, or kombucha and color will send you a wonderful restful yoga nidra practice to download so you can find some peace and calm in your day or a better night's sleep at night. Additionally, everyone who enters and leaves a review and shares it on Instagram will be put into a lucky prize draw to win a copy of my Beat the Bloat guide and Shay's yoga guide. You can love your body from the inside out with 174 pages, including over a hundred pages of recipes, which walk you through my 28 day digestive reset process. This is perfect if you want to reset your body, address any unwanted health symptoms, or support your skin, hormones, energy, and digestion. Shay's 173-page yoga guide includes 116 pages of detailed pose analysis. It will give you all the tools you need to teach yourself yoga so you can sequence, practice, and flow safely in your very own home. Remember, all you need to do is go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, screenshot the review, and share it on Instagram stories or your Instagram feed tagging myself, Anna underscore Marsh underscore nutrition, Shay at Indie Yoga Life, or Kombucha and Color, Kombucha underscore and underscore color. Head on over and do that right now before you forget, and then your yoga nidra practice will be on its way. And I think it's so true, like the more that we have these practices and tools that bring us back to a sense of home, that bring us back to a sense of ourselves, the 
less challenging it is when something external completely flips our world upside down because we have those the, that toolkit that lets us stand on our own two feet, that feels our feet on the ground, that feels our breath, that connects us to our heart. It's those things that really anchor us into the present moment because from when I look at this and I observe what's going on in the world around, like, and this is exactly my experience of like watching people like panic by thousands of rolls of toilet paper from the very beginning. Like, I just want to wow. say I went straight for the chocolate shelf. <laughs> <laughs> Not a wise move. My learning is that if ever this happens again, you go straight for the toilet paper. <laughs> and, and, and if we feel like the apocalypse is coming, you trade your gold shares for toilet paper shares and just see. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it's just uh, for me, like that observation of like, wow, people have really, at that point in time, at that particular moment, toilet paper was not in scarcity, but people have been in their heads. They're now six months down the line and in catastrophe mode and have kind of gone into panic purchasing all the supplies. And it's just been so interesting to watch and observe like, wow, people are so far ahead in their minds. And that then creates this huge ripple effect for the system later on. Like if everybody just stayed present in their own bodies in the now, then we wouldn't have the situation that we are in now where we've got like, there's no supplies of toilet paper for the people who genuinely don't have. (laughs) And like, you know, it's, 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 it's very, do you need me to send you some? (laughs) No, I did find some on Amazon for 15 pounds for six rolls of toilet paper. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. So yeah, (laughs) it's just insane. Like how everything is just kind of gone haywire, but just also speaking to that piece of, anxiety and stress and doing these practices like Anna you've said you've got this this yin practice on Friday um I've opened up my move breathe create for a free month for everybody who wants to join so just if you are in self-isolation and you feel like you need to move your body inside or if you want to do something creative keep yourself occupied you can use the code home yoga and you'll get a free month so just as a little way again to just share that support share that love like show people that you know there's this stuff that you can do and I was reflecting this morning like if you are in a privileged position where you are not in a high risk population and you are not in a super vulnerable part of the community, what can you do first of all to help and support those who are in those vulnerable positions? If you do feel that you have contracted some form of the, the virus, then stay home, self-isolate, do those things that, that are That's supporting the best those you can people. Do. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, how else can you support them physically, emotionally, maybe it's practically. And then also just like this idea of, yeah, this community piece of being able able to to share to connect with somebody who maybe you haven't connected with in a while there's so many different things and tools that we can that we can do that can spread a little bit of that grounding feeling I had something else I was going to say but then I got sidetracked by my, ma- by my mind and the toilet paper <laughs> <laughs> I was actually just gonna say, maybe we could also just um you know for those people who who still have a stable oh. job who still know that they're getting a salary maybe just a few things that people can do to support others so i um, actually saw this on facebook just before we started recording our call but someone was suggesting if you're working from home and now you don't have to pay for your travel or now you don't have to pay for your petrol could you where could you spend that money? What small business would benefit from that? Even if it's, for example, like you buy a gift voucher for a massage or something so that that's that, that small business, whatever it may be, I just use the massage as an example, is still getting some income in this time where many people are perhaps withdrawing their investment. 
I usually have a coffee, which I make at home every morning. And um, the, our little coffee shop we have, it's literally just across the road. So it's not far away at all. It's still open currently. So I've been making the effort just to go there and buy a coffee, even though it's something I would never normally do. I've just been going over to to buy a coffee from there each morning, as long as they're still open to give them my business. So I think it's just thinking about if, you know, everybody will be in a different position financially and some people, you know, maybe in a very, very stressful position right now. But if you are one of the lucky ones who is stable, who still has a job, who's still receiving a salary, think about how you can continue to distribute your wealth. And I think, you know, when we think about money, it should flow and there can be this temptation at this point in time to want to hold on and have like your claw holding a tight fist around what you do have. But, um, you know, being able to just give a little bit of whatever you can helps to just keep things fluid and in motion. Mm-hmm. And just speaking on that, and this is another lesson that I've had from a small business perspective. And as this Corona has hit and obviously now my yoga teaching is when I went into self-isolation, there's no possible way for me to be in person with people because that's a way just to transmit. But the value and the importance of diversifying your income streams has been so valuable for me as a small business owner from a very practical sense because yes, on the one hand, my in-person classes have closed down, but wow, I'm so grateful that I've set up and for the last two years, I've been building this online platform that is teaching people online, that is location independent, that I don't have to be in physical contact with people. So wow, like that's a beautiful thing that I have like created and cultivated that, you know, I've got graphic work that I can do that's also not in-person contact. And it's just a way that for me, a very good reflection on if you have a specific skill set that is one person or that is in one specific area, can you take that skill set and apply it to different areas or different aspects so that you can diversify your income stream if something like this is to take hold again or something different that shakes you up in a different way. Like that's been really a useful practical takeaway for me from a financial perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really grateful that I was um, a few years ago, I was working with a business mentor and as part of that process, we received some money management, financial management training. And at the time we were encouraged to put away money each month so that you have like six to 12 months worth of savings. So if you didn't, if your business didn't earn any money for six to 12 months, then, then you would be okay. And I'm so grateful that I had that training because that's something that I took action on and I did. And that really is just the kind of like make or break in times like these to know that you have those savings to fall back on. And I think, you know, with that, it is a bit of a, you know, it is a bit of a discipline sometimes because you're putting money away as well as when you run your own business, you're putting money away for your taxes and all the other million things that that you have to think about. But instead of, you know, paying yourself a little bit extra, putting that money into savings has been really helpful for me. And it's just helped to take a little bit of the edge off in the time as well. Mm. So something that this is going back to what I was saying earlier is that if you are in this um, financially stable position or you've, you've done, you've had all these disciplines and these practices to keep you steady in this time, even though it may be a little bit shaky, but there is some level of grounding. And if you are not in a high risk group or if you're not in one of those vulnerable parts of this, of the community at this point, my feeling is that in a few months from now, 
there'll be this looking back on this time where we've had to self-isolate, where we've really slowed down, where things have been very much going back to basics. And there might be this sense of looking back and going, I really could have enjoyed that a little bit more if I wasn't so anxious to get through it. Mm. And it's really, it's, it's hit me so much because this is a beautiful gift. If you are feeling healthy and if you do feel like you have a little bit of financial stability, what a beautiful gift to be able to slow down, to tune inwards, to reflect what systems are not working within your own life that perhaps need adjusting. Um, you know, is there opportunity for you to create just for the sake of creating? Is there opportunity for you to do the things that you don't have time to do usually because you're so busy and go, go, go and meetings and things and you know, there's social obligations all the time. In London, every single weekend, there's a social obligation or something that you feel that you can't miss out on or you have to show face at. And that's completely taken away. There's no FOMO this weekend coming up because <laughs> nobody's doing anything. And it's like... That's been my life for the past year. <laughs> yeah, but Anna, we know that you're a super introvert. Like you want to stay in your home and just like not see anybody. I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> but... But you know, when when there's there's lots of there's lots of social engagements that form part of our daily fabric of our life, regardless. So, what a beautiful opportunity to actually have that taken away and not feel like oh, I'm missing out. But like, wow, what can I do with this abundance of time that I have? Mm. And to talk in that language, as you talked earlier about that positive framing, like, wow, there's like this abundance of time that I have. Wow, I'm so lucky to have this all this space that I've created. Like, wow, it's a beautiful thing that I can just sit and be with myself. Like, what am I feeling? And what a useful time to be able to really like feel where does anxiety feel in my body? Let me tune fully into that because when we tune into it, it starts to shift, it releases. And like it's these this opportunity now is this practice. And this is what we've been training for when we do meditation, when we have our yoga practices, when we sit in stillness, like this is what this it's is called. the real yoga. Yeah, this is exactly. your yoga. Yeah, exactly. Corona yoga. <laughs> Corona yoga. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe you want to share some immunity boosting tips for us. Yeah. I mean, I, w I would love to hear actually what you've been doing in your self-isolation as well. I did a little post on Facebook yesterday. I was locked out the house. It's a long story, but then I just thought, okay, I'm going to sit down and write this post while I wait to get let back in. But I did a little post about using this time as a really great time to work on your health. Because as you said, we've got usually the one excuse everybody loves to throw in the air is I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And now some of those distractions or commitments have now been removed. We have more time than ever before to focus on ourselves and we can focus on sleep and we can focus on doing restorative practices like meditation or, you know, cultivating stillness and journaling and all those things we've been talking about already on the show. And it's, it's, it's just such a great time to, to work on health. And as soon as everybody started panic buying, uh, this was still when I was in the, hmm, I don't know if we really need to do this stage. Ben and I sat down and he said to me, um, do you think we should like go and get some food or something? And I said, okay, well, maybe we should, let's make a list. And he started saying, well, we need to get cereal and we need to get long life milk. And, and I was just like, you know what? I can't, I just, I cannot face buying all this food that I wouldn't normally choose to buy. And so then I thought about it. Okay. Well, if we do have to, if it does come to this and we do need to make sure that we've got like food in the cupboards, 
how am I going to do this and also manage my health? Because I follow a ketogenic diet, which helps to keep my blood sugar in check. And that has a very big impact on how I feel day to day. And a lot of, you know, let's face it, like you can't just buy a whole bunch of rice and pasta because that's just not going to to work. I, I would start to feel very unwell. So we started to think quite creatively about like all the different things that you can eat that also have a long shelf life. Um, and I did a post on this on Facebook. I don't feel like I need to want to like list out like all the different things that I mentioned, but there are actually, when you take a little bit of time to think about it, there's a lot of healthy foods that you can buy in bulk. And some things were things like, you know, nuts and seeds and things like jars of olives or jars of sun-dried tomatoes, things like beans and lentils and tins of tuna. You can buy frozen fruits or frozen veggies. And we've been keeping the bones from roast chicken and just keeping them in the freezer so we can make bone broths. You can think about fermenting foods and fermenting vegetables so that they last longer. You can grow herbs on a windowsill indoors. You can also get like microgreens, which are kind of like very, very small green leaves you can grow, but they're very, very nutritionally beneficial. And um, you can grow those on a windowsill. So there's there's a lot that we can actually do to stay healthy in this time and know that a lot of the online deliveries are overloaded. For example, I know like Ocado is not taking on new customers at the moment. We get a weekly veggie box from Abel and Cole. And I tried to go on this morning to make my placement order for next week that you should deliver on a Thursday and um, their website was down but there's a lot of suppliers that pe- a lot of people don't know about um, so one of the links I shared was buy whole foods online they sell whole food or health items in bulk so normally if you go to the supermarket and you buy a 150 gram bag of nuts they'll sell you two kilos of nuts and because you're buying in bulk you pay less and another idea is also to if you have any local to you there's a website which is called zero waste near me and they are a um that will tell you if you've got any zero waste dispensaries and and that's where i typically shop these days anyway is you can take your own containers you can fill up containers in bulk with the items that you need so those are that's just a few tips in terms of healthy eating because I think generally eating well and managing low-grade inflammation in your body will probably be the first step in terms of working on a healthy immune system. The immune system is broken down into a kind of like three or sorry, four main sections. So the first is like your physical barriers and that's where gut health is so essential. It's the physical barrier between your inside and outside world. So anything that you eat is having an influence on your gut health. And if you're eating a lot of processed um, inflammatory foods, you're going to have a not so healthy gut environment that's going to affect that first line of defense. If you're eating a lot of whole foods, a lot of unprocessed foods, particularly plant-based foods, that's going to have a beneficial impact on that, that gut barrier. Then you have your innate immune system, which is like the, I kind of think of the innate immune system, like the big bodyguards that outside the club. So they're kind of like just there, they're a bit non-specific and they're just kind of like, you know, bashing people about saying, you know, if anybody's causing any trouble. And your innate immune system is really, and the nutrients, should I say, that are really important for your innate immune system are things like vitamin A which you can get from orange colored vegetables, but also the best source is usually animal liver, or you can take a supplement. 
vitamin D, which you don't have a lot of if you're in self-isolation. So a supplement might be good <laughs> in that case. And then also things like vitamin C and zinc. There's a whole load of them, but I, I don't feel like I'll just be listing off a whole bunch of nutrients. But those are the main ones, I would say, vitamin A, D, and C, and zinc. Then you also want to think a little bit about um, your inflammation regulation. So the immune system is synonymous with inflammation. So if you want to have a good immune system, you want to be able to regulate inflammation really well. And it's the same nutrients again. It's vitamin A, it's vitamin C, it's vitamin D, and then zinc as well, iron, copper, selenium, magnesium. And then we've got our adaptive immune system, which is a bit more specific. If we've got the bodyguards, this is like, you know, the... Um, I'm trying to think of what it's called. Somebody at the bar telling you you need an ID. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, thanks, Shay. That was completely different train of thought to the one that I was thinking of. But that's like a little bit more specific. Yeah. And again, it's all the same stuff. Vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc, iron, copper, selenium. So basically, if you look at the resource that I'm just reading this off of at the moment, it's like all the nutrients. So if you actually just eat really well, if you eat good food, if you look after your gut and you do your best to get in a whole amount of plants, a lot of plants, I really think that that's the best thing you can do for your immune system to make it, you know, as, as little, I can't talk. <laughs> this is the brain fog kicking in <laughs> to make it, um, the, as little complicated as possible, the least complicated as possible. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uncomplicated. <laughs> to make it uncomplicated. Thank you. Gosh, my brain. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think those are such useful takeaways. I think there is a little bit of, I guess for me, there's been a struggle and a challenge of getting those whole foods um, from a practical perspective. Like mm. it's, we're in self-isolation. We didn't plan and prepare for this. So like our cupboards are empty. Like last night in the kitchen, Warren and I was standing there eating this bag of tortilla chips with like fried onions from this bowl. And we we're like, oh my gosh, this is our life. And I'm like, and is there no one who work? can bring you something? Yeah, we've got Warren sisters coming tomorrow with hopefully she can oh, bring phew. us some stuff. So, okay, but it's good. like, it's, it's, yeah, there's like, there's, there's a practical level of like, we've been onto every single online store Close down, down, down. I'm Have like, you been on oh, Whole Foods online? No, but I've written that down. I'm going to yeah. check that out. <laughs> Go get yourself two, two kilos of cashew nuts. <laughs> but I better do this before the podcast comes out and then everybody goes into Whole Foods online. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, I think there's, there's some really useful tips. And one thing that also for me has been so important is to stay um, active because mm. as you get stuck in at home, you can get this feeling of stuckness and that feeling of claustrophobia, that feeling of confinement, and that then translates into your body and how you are confining your body. So it's so important that you keep moving, that you keep your body mobile, you keep your body active, um, you know, doing yoga, doing a workout, doing whatever you can to keep yourself moving. If you are still in a place where you are able to walk outside, like do that. But if not, then move inside, create a little space for yourself. Take a few moments every single day or perhaps every half an hour just to do something to keep your system flashing out, to keep your system moving, to keep your body happy. So that is another little thing that I would say is really important. And I would also say create a routine. And this is something that I've noticed. Um, so I think from Tuesday, Ben has been told he must work from home. So now he's here permanently. And for me, like I've got working from home, like 
you know, I've been doing it now five years, so I have my routines already in place and I've observed him and he, he said to me, Oh, you know, it's quite like dangerous. Like you can just end up working all the time. And so I think with another client I was speaking to yesterday, she's also just started working from home and she was really feeling like normally when she was at work, she'd wake up early and she'd do her workouts and she'd do some journaling and shower and make breakfast and then go to work. And all those things that she was doing were making her feel good. But for some reason, her routine, when she started working from home, just got completely thrown out and she wasn't working out and she wasn't doing her journaling and she wasn't looking after herself. And then that was affecting how she was feeling in addition to being isolated because she's Mm. also single and isolating by herself. So we had a, a chat about it and that was exactly the conclusion we came to was to get her moving first thing in the morning again to to boost her energy and to boost her confidence for the day. But additionally, I think it's also having scheduled breaks, planning things that you can do. So Ben and I were like, okay, right, four o'clock today, we're going to do a meditation together or we're going to do some breath work together or we're going to make it stop and cook or stop and have lunch or do what um, do planning things that you can do each day that create some structure, create some routine, because otherwise it is just like this very, very strange sort of like soup of endless, like what day of the week is it? Like, you know, Mm. when everybody has holidays over Christmas and you you lose track of time and Mm -hmm. it can become a little bit like that. I've just written a blog post, 13 things to do whilst in self-isolation. So if you're interested, go and read that. <laughs> Some fun things to do, like your sock drawer and your emails and things like that. Yeah, that's what I kind of like you leave to the last because your life gets so busy that you don't mm. do it. And, you know, there's things that we can do that can really nourish us at time. So take the opportunity. I spent um, some time on, I can't remember if it was Monday or Tuesday, We've got a lot of little spice pots in our cupboard. And because I don't buy spices, I'll go and fill them up from the zero waste shop. There's all sorts of pots with different labels, but a different spice inside and everything. So I spent the, the I spent a little bit of time like relabeling everything, organizing it all nicely, cleaning out the inside of the cupboards. And then I had this beautiful, nice, neatly organized cupboard by the end of the day, which gave me lots of joy. So lots of yeah, jobs like I that to that. do. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Amazing. So Anna, any last little nuggets, tips, inspiration, motivation, encouragement that you want to share? The only thing I can think of is that if you've got some extra time on your hands, you can re-listen to all the episodes of Kombucha and Color (laughs) to improve our download ratings (laughs) and leave us a review. Uh, That is a brilliant thing to do on your self-isolation journey. Um, so yeah do that guys and thank you for listening so if you have any tips or tools that you want to share maybe leave us a comment on Instagram or Facebook and then other people can also find out about the things that you are doing that are helping and maybe it will help somebody else so thank you for being part of this community and we'll see you again soon yeah and just sending you lots of love and peace and trust in this time we're all in this together the universe has a plan and um, we've just got to continue to trust in that and take care of each other thank you see you soon bye thank you for listening to another episode of kombucha and color if you have enjoyed or been inspired by our conversations today please leave a five-star review on stitcher or itunes Don't forget to share with friends and family. This will help other women find inspiration to live life bright. We'd love to connect with you on social media. 
Come find me, Shay, by searching Shay Dyer Yoga on Facebook or Instagram. You can find me, Anna, by searching Anna Marsh on Facebook or Instagram. And remember, you can always refer to the links in the show notes. See you next week. Last year, I dropped deeper and deeper into my purpose of helping women shed unhelpful layers, turn inwards and take ownership of their lives in order to access their fullest, most vibrant potential. In this time, I have been creating an immersion that offers exactly that through a completely unique blend of tools, skills, and practices from yoga, breathwork, and the body to self-inquiry, emotional process work, and intuitive and creative art-based explorations so that understanding and spiritual growth is deeply integrated through a variety of modalities and is fully embodied. I'd love to invite you to the first ever Voyage to the Soul four-day immersion taking place in Norfolk, UK from the 24th to the 27th of April, 2020. If you'd like further info on this immersion and how you can join us, please contact me, Shay, through the contact page on shaydaya.com, linked in the show notes. Hope you enjoy the show.